The final mission to get Simone back into the U.S. leaves Carrie stranded in Russia. Keen is vindicated and becomes president again, only to shock us all by stepping down. And we have a special guest from tonight's season finale in studio with us. That's all next on tonight's Homeland Afterbus show. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, Afterbuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There it goes. There it goes. The jazz chords play for us one more time. <laughs> A final time. For this season. Hello, hello, Afterbuzz. I'm Leslie, and I am joined by... And I am Roger. And I'm so excited because today in studio we've got a fantastic guest, actor Jeff Pearson, who was in tonight's episode. Hello, hello. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Roger. <laughs> hello. How are you How doing? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Um, did you enjoy this finale as much as we did? I did. And uh, I think I must have forgot a lot of it because uh, it came as a shock to me. I mean, this was <laughs> a, I read it. <laughs> that's a good thing. This was a very shocking finale. It was super entertaining. And I, I feel like I was so excited to see this whole mission finally come to a successful conclusion. But then we've got a lot of turns along the way. You know, in real life, we've been waiting for a actual conclusion to see if there was any Russian collusion in our American <laughs> politics. So it was nice to see it come to a conclusion somewhere. Yeah. Um, but then we got might a, be the only place. It right? might be the only place. <laughs> but we, got, we definitely had a lot of twists and turns here. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. Um, but just like overall thoughts, what, what are you, what's your reaction? I, I, I am a little bummed out overall, actually. I didn't like some of the twists. I didn't like some of the conclusions. Okay. So... I'll get further into that. Okay. All right. I mean, so the episode starts with um, the mission that uh, Carrie and Saul sort of launched on in these last few episodes in Russia, trying to get Simone back um, because the president was removed from her office. And so the first few scenes and minutes of this episode, I was kind of on pins and needles. What yeah, it, it was pretty intense, actually. And Saul is always known for being a calm character on the show. He's always the other side of balancing the show next to Carrie's mm-hmm. uh, dynamic character. So it, it's always interesting to see him be put in this situation where he has to face a big crisis. And he kind of stands up to people. He got out of the van and he kind of toughens up against people. Yes. And anytime he does that, I, I, I always get scared for him because I'm not sure if he's used to that. He's more of a <laughs> behind-the-desk type of guy. So it was it was interesting. Sauce stays cool and calm always. So yeah, um, the end of the last episode, we had Carrie and Simone switch um, wigs into the blonde wig and brunette wig. And so they're in different cars. Um, they're following the wrong person, but they still at some point stop Saul. And I was so nervous that scene that they were going <laughs> to catch her and everything was going to blow up. But he just, he's like, no, no, we're moving along the way. What's the problem? He's just like, I don't know what's going on. It's a move that works for Carrie. I mean, we've seen this several times throughout the series. I believe we saw it in Germany. I believe mm-hmm. we saw it in uh, in the Middle East. So it's worked for her. So why not, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what I thought was great, too, that uh, there was the scene you're talking mm-hmm. about where the Russian confronted him. But yeah. then there was a scene later where the guard at the airport wouldn't let him cross and wanted to arrest yes. one of his crew. And that he knew he could not permit. 
Even though the, he was at gunpoint, he would not permit that because he knew there was no way out. And he got on the phone, <laughs> and he called the President of the United States, and I thought to myself, gee, my cell phone doesn't work across town. He's calling from Russia to Washington, and no problem. It's interesting, it, and it came at a pivotal time, because at, by that point, I believe there was already a transition in the presidency. So it's kind of scary when you think about it, even in our own politics outside of the show. Anytime there's any type of disruption in the government, we forget that there's diplomats working on our behalf, there's other people working out there, and we saw it come to fruition in that particular mm-hmm. Scene and it, it was scary. Yeah, it was funny. They had the the guy, uh, the Russian guard, looked a lot like Nikita Khrushchev. Did you notice <laughs> yeah. that? Mm. You really did. You and think I that was intentional? That was interesting casting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you. So you've been on several political shows. I have um, been on a lot of political shows. <laughs> yes. I, I, you know, you, I mean, you were just. I guess on this that's because there's a lot of them on television. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were just on the season of Designated Survivor. You've been yes. on Twenty Four. Right. Um, so. Th- I, I mean, what did you think about just like this first, I would say, third act or first act, third of this episode? Um, you know, sort of like just pushing, pushing. Are they going to get out? Are they going to get out? Like, it was intense. Like it, how Very do you think intense. It, and I had seen the episode that came before this, so I knew what the, the setup was. And um, I thought the way they did it with uh, uh, Claire Danes, C- Carrie, mm-hmm. uh, having been trying to stall until she could make sure that they got out of the country yeah. with yeah. the uh, with the uh, spy they were trying to <laughs> extricate. Uh, the only thing that occurred to me was when she was running, I thought, why doesn't she take off that dark wig and become a blonde again so they can't I had follow her? S- and then I thought, well, maybe they dyed her hair. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I had the same thought, but then we discussed it prior mm-hmm. to the show. I think she was trying to take up as much that's time right. as possible. She wanted them to follow her. You're yes. right. That's yes. true. So the yeah, minute she yeah. takes off her wig, I think then she she's fears lost. That, and, yes. Yeah, right. So that's she true. wants she wants to be the particular target. She at wants all to times. be the target. The exactly. The focus yeah. of their chasing before they catch wind that oh maybe someone's something with something else is yeah. and we should stop. Yeah, this. that's right. And I, you're right that you pointed that out, and that's just what I was saying before that she was. Waiting till she got confirmation. Yeah. Till he In order got to out. go for it. Yeah. I mean, and he got stolen. She ran on foot at some point. She goes to this train station and swaps like scarves. And <laughs> yes. another poor woman gets they grab her yep. to the ground. Um, but yeah, that was that was really good. I was very excited. Again, just like holding on to the edge of my seat at the very <laughs> beginning of the episode. Really hoping. I was nervous that it wasn't going to work out. I was really happy to see that. I think Homeland does a good job they of did. they keep you on your toes. And, you know, regardless of whether you're happy with the end result, you always get a result. So it was satisfying to at mm-hmm. least see that. <laughs> yes. Um, well, one thing you mentioned too, mm-hmm. Leslie, um, about this show that was kind of similar to 24 mm-hmm. when I was on seasons three and four of 24 is it tried to mirror and in some cases actually predict what was actually happening in the world. Yes. And uh, it was kind of uncanny, uh, 24, in those years. Yeah. And I know these shows have the same original creator, Howard Gordon created or was one of the creators of mm-hmm. both those shows. And this show has been very successful doing doing a similar thing. Yeah. It's funny. I was going to ask you, actually, do you think it has the same impact? Because, I mean, we I had mentioned earlier, 24 came at a time when we right. were in the middle, right, right. after 9-11, right. right after the Iraq War. Exactly. Um, exactly. I think Homeland kind of came after all of those. I think it started in 2000. Dealing with some of the same issues. Though, yeah, right? similar Especially issues. the first couple of seasons. Very do you much think like the effect is the same on the nation? In, when you put these type of shows out? Probably not, because it's not 
I don't know. I, I really don't know. I know it's, it's been a very successful show, but it wasn't the first to deal with these yeah. issues. I think 24 had the advantage of being the first. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack Bauer became sort of an anti-hero yes. for everyone, yes. so it was, it was different. In a way, yeah. sort of Carrie is, because yes. she's not the most conventional no. um, hero, heroine or hero. Um, she, I mean, she's a good guy, but she does a lot of unethical and questionable things, yep. And as well as Jack Bauer. And, and I think that's what these shows try to convey. It's not black and white. And it's I think it's, yeah, I think it's important for people to know that their government, again, whether you disagree or agree with a lot of the policies, there's always going to be gray areas, because anytime you're dealing with international diplomacy or anytime you're dealing with foreign affairs, you're going to have a lot of gray. And I, I think, too, not having you know seen all the episodes of every season, but mm-hmm. just sort of you know refreshing my memory and seeing the last few episodes of this season, um, they allowed, uh, I mean, obviously you'd want a, first of all, a female president to be kind of uh, portrayed in a favorable light, which mm-hmm. I think they did do, but they also allowed her to be not so good. They allowed her to have some very yeah. compromising qualities, which when she resigned at the end, it was almost she realized she was not going to be effective in the in the job. And yeah. it's funny. And she was big enough to, to see that. You want to have a hero, but again, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Right. I think, <laughs> right. yeah, President Keene was very realistic to a lot of political figures we have seen, um, you know, it's easy to compare it to someone like Hillary Clinton, but I think there's a lot of other, um, you know, well-known figures that she kind of gets a mix of, mm-hmm. and, and no, that's no, why no you're able to. Uh, I feel like I could see someone like her very much, you know, in our current um, sphere right now of politics. Um, and during this whole chase scene of them trying to get out of the country with Simone as quickly as possible, um, we have this dilemma going back in Washington where the vice president now is barely learning about this operation. Yes. He's in the and dark. <laughs> doesn't really want to tell him anything because right now she feels betrayed by him. Yes. And yes. then she doesn't know what he's going to do, if he's going to try to, you know, alleviate the situation or make things more favorable for himself. And at some point, the, um, the other Senator Paley um, yeah. is literally telling him, hey, you know, why don't we just let that sort of fizzle and maybe even tell the Russians so that we don't end up with her back in office, which is treasonous. I mean, treasonous. come on. <laughs> treasonous, um, yes. And I was left nervous, like, what is the vice president going to do? Is he going to do the right thing, you know, when Saul calls him and intervene and help them get out? Or is he going to make things cushy for himself and yeah. sort of... But I had the feeling that was a bridge too far for him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he entertained that. I was so happy, though. Uh, I, yeah. I was nervous for yeah. a second. Yeah. Well, because you still have the dynamic of people in powerful positions. And anytime you have that, you have the potential to be corrupted. And he's not, in the Oval Office. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a president. You're yeah. right. At that point, you have all the incentive in the world to go with your gut to keep you in that position. The hope is that your elected officials do what's right for your country yeah. and for mm-hmm. their constituents. So, but he does the right thing. He gets them out of there right as Carrie's about to get caught. I loved this like face she makes. She's smiling even when Yevgeny punches her. She's just like happy because a maniacal laugh as she uh, goes down. Yeah. So that was that was amazing. Yeah. Um, then we cut to three days later um and we start to see the fallout of all this and um we see that paley is arrested his aide flipped on him of course yeah um and we go straight to the hearing with simone which is where we see the introduction of your character which is exciting um and so she is you know testifying before a senate panel or committee and in front of the country and she admits what 
you know, the Russian um, intervention was trying to accomplish, which is to essentially cause chaos. Put the country yeah. in disarray. Right. And you're the one doing the line of questioning. <laughs> yes. and, 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 and as I mentioned to you, uh, there's actually a lot more in the scene that they didn't oh, okay. use in this episode uh, in terms of revealing uh, the, the Senate hearing, getting her to reveal more information. But I think for purposes of this episode, uh, once she uh, admitted what her uh, what her assignment was, mm-hmm. that's really all. <laughs> it's like what everybody was yeah. waiting for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you play uh, Senator Richard Eames. Um, I, we haven't seen him before, uh, and so I'm hoping that maybe might see more of him in the upcoming. I think season? there's a chance. Yeah, yeah. That in the in the future seasons. Um, uh, uh, my understanding is that the character is the. Um, Chairman of the Senate Mm -hmm. Intelligence Committee. So if uh, these uh, investigations continue... And hopefully he's a good guy because, you know, Paley was just, like, obviously very agenda-driven. It's Um, so funny. Yeah, I mean, that was probably the easiest grilling. Like, she was ready to just confess, right? (laughs) You're right. I mean, you asked her... I think that was uh, sort of agreed to before her public testimony. Mm -hmm. True. Don't you think? I mean... Well, they had agreed to before as well, but it's always a risk once you actually go face-to-face with your Senate. That's right. And like I said, there were more specific questions which she did answer, Mm -hmm. uh, which I guess they just didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you never know. We might save it for something Uh, exciting later. It might come up. Were uh, were you a fan of the show um, before getting this part? Yes, I was a fan of the show. I, I... I used to follow it more closely mm-hmm. before, uh, but uh, um, I did start watching it more uh, this season than I had uh, in recent years. But I, I, the first two or three seasons, I, I watched it a lot. Yeah, the first three seasons of the show are still my favorite. I think they yeah, were definitely. just because they were so groundbreaking. Um, you know, again, we had seen political shows, but this one just felt like it was hyper-realistic and then yes. like there were so many twists and turns with, you know, um, with Brody and then even with Carrie and it was just... They were very intense. Yes, and I had, I had worked with uh, Damian Lewis before, and I had worked with Mandy Patinkin before. And when I, I, I find whenever you uh, see new shows mm-hmm. with people that you've worked with, I, I always try to check them out and see what they're up to. And yeah, see what they're doing. Um, and it was interesting. I mean, seeing Damian Lewis in that in this role when he came aboard, it made people question their own, I guess, patriotism, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. which is what a lot of these shows do. Right. And again, and I it also introduced. Radical Islam or mm-hmm. yeah, Islamic extremists. Yeah. Extremism. And I think it's interesting, again, going back to 24, I feel like at the time when that show came on, the country wanted to rally behind something. And they found that in Jack Bauer. I don't know if the country had the... And again, shows grow, the country grows in different directions. But I don't think Carrie or Brody got the same type of... Uh, what would I say? Fandom <laughs> or well, by the time support. this show, when it first came out, you know, we were already many, many years, you know, in a yeah, war. Definitely. And, you know, you're not mm-hmm. now you're just like, when are we getting out? Why are we still doing this? Was this even, mm-hmm. you know, worth it? And, and so you start getting those fe- sentiments of like, you know, you're not really sure you're happy with what your government or country doing. You're starting to question. Maybe that was the whole sentiment behind, you know, again. Adrian, and one uh, of the things, too, that I think is, um, I would say. Well, I shouldn't say unique because I haven't seen every show that's on television, so I, I can't speak for every show. But one of the things that it addresses that something like 24 would not address was um, was her medical condition. Yes. Yeah. This was a whole new area. You know, the fact that she was doing this, you know, highly intense, highly dangerous, highly important job while on 
very serious medication. Mm-hmm. And they've, I, as far as I know, they've dealt with this issue every year it's been They've on. been very yeah. open about yeah. it. Especially which I think yeah. this season. I think it's actually really progressive of the show to Absolutely. go that direction because, I mean, she's not just a character on TV. I mean, she's a major CIA operative. And so I think they wanted to show that mental illness isn't supposed to prohibit you from reaching your full potential. Exactly. And I, and I think they did a great job with this character. And yeah, as well, how it affects, like, not just her job, but her family life yes. and yeah. her day-to-day. Yeah, yes. And, um, you know, I've read so much online for people saying that, like, you know, her mood swings or, like, sometimes her erratic behavior, her highs and her lows, they're very, like, they can relate, you know, if they've been through something similar. It's just a very accurate portrayal of, like, yes. a lot of the different things that encompass no, you that's know, a very different good point. kinds of and I've, I've caught myself mental on, disorders. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I've caught myself on this show, actually. There's times when I'm like, oh, Carrie's acting crazy. And I'm like, well, you know, I feel like we're so used to just dealing with characters in that manner in TV. Yeah. She's not crazy. You know, right. she might just be going through a certain uh, episode or, or a certain issue. And I think we all are learning mm-hmm. with characters like this as we go along. Yeah, I think it's a great uh, subject to cover in a, in a very exciting, you know, dramatic uh, show, but even the, the issue itself to cover, it brings attention to it, as you say. Yeah. It doesn't normalize it, but it, it explains it to a certain extent, and it explains also the fact that without modern medicine, it would be impossible. That's very true. Yeah. What she's mm-hmm. doing would be impossible. Yes. She would just be non-functional. Um, Which is kind of how this episode ends. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> right. um, I wanted to ask, uh, what was it like, you know, just being on set with the show? And did you get to meet any of um, any of the cast members? And Yeah, I, th- I was hoping I would meet Mandy, but because I, I, I hadn't seen him since we did Criminal Minds together. But uh, he wasn't there that day. No, I met the fellow who plays the chief of staff. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and he just mentioned it to me. And, I, and he says to me, Wellington. Mm-hmm. Get the actors. <laughs> that he said to me, um, "Are you in this big uh, Senate uh, <laughs> committee scene?" I said, "Yes, Sam. Are you?" He says, "No, I'm, I'm going home." Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that usually takes all day. It's you know? funny. Your characters. I, I'm always expecting a twist. I mentioned this before the show. You know, when, when you played a, I think the lead detective in Dexter, police captain, a yeah. police, yeah. Ca- yeah. Right. And I mean, I feel like once I saw your name as the main person in charge of the Senate committee. I mean, we've seen a lot of betrayals happen within this show itself mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> with people yes. in the Senate. Yes. So I, th- I found that interesting. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned yeah. before. As far the sh- as I know, he's he's a, legit, <laughs> he's a clean guy. Legit, legit guy. Yeah, as far as I know. Um, you mentioned before the show. So you shot this in Virginia. Yes. Um, and you were doing a couple, a little bit of traveling around this time. Yes. Uh, well, I was. Uh, I was uh, finishing up an episode of uh, Designated Survivor. Oh, okay. And I finished that on. It's odd. Both shows were shooting on a weekend, which is very odd. Oh but it starts to happen toward the end of the shooting season because the shows get so behind. Mm-hmm. So I actually was shooting Designated Survivor on a Saturday, then flew down to Virginia that night. Oh, wow. And then shot wow. on Sunday. And then came back to LA. Monday. Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness! That's yeah, busy, wild. busy. Yeah. Is it common for political shows to tape in Virginia? I uh, no, no, or no. DC or the no, not at all. Uh, but uh, my understanding is that Homeland has had several different locations mm-hmm. throughout their seven seasons. Yeah, they've been overseas. They've moved around. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we go into the next thing, just want to mention um, about a fantastic podcast that we have here um, at AfterBuzz. So if you want to learn how to have 
fun, grow in all areas of your life, we've got a podcast for you. It's called Conversations with Maria Menunos, and it is hosted by our own AfterBuzz TV founder, and it drops on Friday on iTunes. It's free. Um, Conversations with Maria Menunos features celebrity um, and influencer interviews, along with um, secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more. Let Maria be the big sister you've always wanted. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. Be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, let Maria know it was us who sent you there. Um, so again, Conversations with Maria Menounos podcast edition. Check that out. Check it out. Absolutely. Um, so back to the episode. Um, we, uh, so this, um, sort of the, after the whole excitement of the first beginning of this episode, we sort of get back to the swing of Washington and we see what Paley's doing, um, or not Paley, uh, Keen is doing now that, um, you know, Paley's Paley's been arrested (laughs) and she's back in office. They have this whole, like, scene where she's returning to, um, the Oval and, like, all of her staff is lined along the hallway and she's, like, she's... You could tell she's happy and vindicated in this moment, and she's re-sworn in again. Um, it was very dramatic. It felt like a West Wing episode. It was, yeah. <laughs> and yet somehow I felt still nervous and uneasy, like something was going to happen during the scene. Was that, am I alone? No, you're not alone. No, I felt the same thing. And it seemed to me in the following scene when uh-huh. she was sitting with uh, the vice president, Bull Bridges, yes. and he made a suggestion to her rather than... Rather than try to get things done by edict, mm-hmm. why not work with the Congress? Yeah. He made a very sensible suggestion. It was a great suggestion. Could, which you could see she resented. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And her aide, her, her st- chief of staff, yeah. afterwards said, oh, it, was good, it was a good idea. <laughs> it was. And, I, and I, I think that's when she starts I, to I think. Agree. I agree. I think that put a little doubt in her head yeah. as to whether she's going to be able to proceed to lead the nation yeah. in the way that she wants to. I, I don't agree with her <laughs> in the in, in the decision that she ends up doing, but I feel like that's where she realized that maybe the country needs someone else. Yeah. Well, that whole scene, um, you know, even before she takes the meeting, she tells her chief of staff, um, okay, yeah, sure, I'll meet with him and then I'm going to put him back in his toy box. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and so you you're, you get the sense that, you know, she's just going to kind of revert back to how she had been operating yes. um, and not really trying to work with people because, I mean, and I almost get why she feels this way. She's been attacked on the job since day one. You know, there was a attempted on. Assassination on her life, yeah. and now there's all of these things happening. So I get why she's so guarded and doesn't feel like she can trust anyone. But you can't move forward from that, and I, that's why his suggestion it makes great sense. And I think when her chief of staff is telling her, you know, you really should think about it. Maybe that you're right. It's the first cloud of judgment and or uh, doubt, doubt yeah. that you know maybe my initial gut feeling is no longer the best for the country. And if I'm you know, if I can't see this, maybe I'm not the right person here. Which I thought was a big move. Again, I don't agree with it. I feel like at the end of the day, I think the country for the most part is usually divided. (laughs) I mean, if you go back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, that's always the case, regardless. It doesn't matter what person you throw at the front of everyone everyone's going to have their political affiliations and I, I mean there's been so many studies that say even debates don't change people's minds like no. people are pretty set yeah. <laughs> once yeah. they once yeah. they see their guy but we don't like to see the division we don't like to see yeah. the acrimony people uh, understandably but when you think it's like you just said roger and, and like in history i mean nothing was more acrimonious than when lincoln was president and that was 150 yeah. years ago yeah and that was about as acrimonious as it could get although uh I thought the speech that she delivered at the end, mm-hmm. the uh, ultimate speech, 
um, was a, a beautifully crafted speech. Yeah, it was. A, a very sort of patriotic yeah. speech, aside from any kind of political uh, party politics. Having played a president yourself, many, many <laughs> give it the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kudos. Yeah. Well done. Um, I mean, yeah, I. I just saw Hamilton last year and like even going back to Washington and you had like the Federalists and the like Democratic yes, yeah, right. like it's always been division but it does feel like and I mean I've never lived in any other time but it does feel like there's so much more vitriol now yes, and yes. and maybe it is because of like the internet and social media and everything is so connected and you can like literally hear opinions from people and like you know, thousands of miles away and you can have these conversations you're so connected that we've never been before and you're more exposed to like maybe some of the ugliness that people are feeling or like the starkly different opinions that people have. And, you know, I don't know. It's just like there's this, you know, combustion <laughs> going yeah, on. And, and I almost feel like that's what the writers, uh, the producers of mm-hmm. Homeland were trying to address yeah. in this in this last speech because it was a very sort of bipartisan, yeah. you know, patriotic speech. It felt like a speech to us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, really. I agree. Because yeah. yeah. she's like looking into the camera. Um, I still like, I'm, I was struggling trying to arrive to where she came to this conclusion. Because, you know, before this, she met with Paley and... Well, she literally spat bit in his face. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah. she, it, it's a big, you know, about face from where she was in the beginning of the episode. Um, she think... does visit her son's tombstone. That's so right, maybe she... Right. And, you know, there's this scene montage where she's driving through D.C. and she sees the monuments. And, I mean... I don't know. I'm, I'm really trying to figure out, like, what was it that made her have such a strong change of heart? To me, the most jarring thing is how, t- not not only jarring, it's a bit of a shocker in itself in just knowing our own history, how much democracy lingers on just a few individuals. <laughs> and, I mean, again, we're seeing that through the current administration where you start seeing usual norms just be thrown out the window. Anytime that starts to happen, you start to realize, oh, I didn't know that wasn't an official rule, or I didn't know this wasn't, you know, they're just norms. And the same thing here. You know, if if the Russia collusion situation ends up coming to a satisfying conclusion to Russia, then uh, who knows what happens to our democracy? Like, the vice president could have been tainted. Obviously, we had a senator yeah. that was tainted. It's it's kind of scary how fragile democracy is and how easily it could all come to shambles. Well, one thing also that they correctly pointed out in this episode, mm-hmm. and I think it was, the yeah, it was, it was in that last presidential speech, uh, was that this is nothing new. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that's new is that... Um, Russia is no longer the Soviet Union and hasn't been for, what, 20 years now? Mm-hmm. 25 years. So it's it's different in that respect. I mean, she was correct to point out this has been going on since World War II. It's been going on really since the 1930s. Yeah. Uh, but we were at, we had a Cold War with the Soviet Union. You know, we were opposing each other yeah. all over the globe. <laughs> we really are not in a Cold War with Russia today. So... Yes, they're Russians, but it's they're not communists. Yeah. It's, it's a different country. It's a different war. It's a different country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's nothing... You're right. The simple fact that they're not communists, it's difficult to rally full support <laughs> as yeah. a country. Because this country has always been very antagonistic towards the word communist. Yeah. So the minute you hear that, you're like, oh, that's what we can rally the country behind. Yeah. We don't have that at the moment. Yeah. So it, it becomes a partisan issue. Yeah, and we have to see... like, And I guess, I mean, obviously this is addressed in, in the show. Um, 
what is the Russians' motivation? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not worldwide communism. No, it's not. It's not conquering not. countries. Well, I mean, so... It's destabilizing the U.S. government, okay? Yeah. Which seems right. like a... I mean... I, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay. During I, the Cold I, I don't, War, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, yeah, the, exactly. What exactly. <laughs> like, what are you trying to do here? Well, during yeah. the Cold War, it was to the two biggest superpowers, right? right. And right. it was literally just who's number one. And it was called the Cold War because it wasn't fought like on a battlefield. Mm-hmm. It was all of these other tactical undermining right. missions. Right. And I mean, essentially, it was if, espionage. You know, if you know Russia intervenes to like you know meddle with a an election, they don't really care who the candidate is as long as there's you know all this hate and you know, vitriol. Um, I mean, that's another way of just like making another country not as strong as you are and looking like you are like the powerful leader. That's true too. I don't know. It could even just come down to ego at some point, like Mm -hmm. just each country trying to make itself look more grand. Um, But, you know, she pointed out in her speech that like now we became easy targets because we're so willing to tear each other down. Um, And there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. It is interesting. It is mostly just a power play for the TV show. I mean, in in real life, the situation was uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton really undermined the election of uh, Putin in Russia. And according to a lot of sources, that's what led to his hate (laughs) towards her. And that's what started the whole campaign there. So I I don't think the show was able to do that because they were trying to differentiate those storylines. Well, I mean, the elections in Russia aren't really, like, elections anyway, so it's not really, like, undermining, you know, if it's always the same and there's not really a a vote. But I think (laughs) (laughs) if it's just all show. Um, But, yeah, I feel like this move that Keen made... I got it. It was very selfless. I still was not happy with it because I feel like, you know, she really never got a chance to just be the president. And, you know, I think her trying to, you know, bring both parties together and trying to work together as much. I think she could have still done it. I was still disappointed to see that she had to step down. Yeah. I mean, things are going to resolve themselves right away. You know, both parties are still going to disagree and stuff. I don't I felt like it was I got her where her heart was, but it still felt like it was unnecessary. And I, I did like the character. So I was still a little bummed out to see that she was no longer going to be president. I feel like it's always going it's always going to be hard for the first of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, JFK was her first Catholic president and that that was hard for a lot of people to grasp. <laughs> and, you know, the same thing for President Obama. The same issue happened with uh, Hillary Clinton as a nominee. It's it's always going to be a difficult transition. And I think she made the decision to put country above any goals that she had of hers. And I think that that took a lot from her. Well, I, I think, too, um you're right. It, it did seem like a, a quick transition, and so you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how did that, where did that happen, and yeah. how did that happen. But, but I think the scene where she humiliated the senator, and then the scene where she dismissed a very good, you know, they said, "I'm going to mm-hmm. put the vice president yeah. back in his box," said, and the fact that even her chief of staff, and I guess her oldest friend, said to her, "Well, you know, this is not this is not really appropriate behavior for the job you're doing," yeah. and I think she reflected on that. Yeah. She realized she said so in the speech. Yeah, you know. Which is still big of her, again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, how many people, even if they had that realization, would say, the proper thing for me to do would be to, uh, you know, absent myself from this position, let someone else do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. too much of a lightning rod at this point, you know, and I can't, 
I can't be even-handed. You're right. And, and I think they looked at, they kind of set Bull Bridges up as a very even-handed, steady. They I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I was left optimistic. Now we know, like, you know, he was tested with, like, a chance to really, like, guarantee right. he stays in the, yeah. the Oval. And <laughs> he did the right thing. So it makes me feel like, okay, he's still going to be a good well, person. You're right. I mean, had he gone for that plan. That the <laughs> I know. I know. That would have been. I mean, he would have completely. <laughs> he would have been completely. Um, so she steps down. And then um, the episode does another, one more time jump, seven months later. That's um, right. That's right. Wow. And so between all this, uh, we saw that Carrie was in a Russian prison. Um, Yevgeny's holding her. He wanted her to make a video um, where she was going to essentially say, you know, no, all of these were lies. And, um, you know, the CIA was doing this. And I apologize to Russia. She refuses. And he's like, you're not going to get your pills um, for your medication. And so, you know, we're kind of led to understand that she has you know, had seven months with no medication, perhaps being tortured or at least in jail, not Which getting again, the best as, treatment. As someone that, I mean, I've never dealt with any mental issues. It's interesting to see these type of characters. And I mean, I don't know what happens to someone in that situation after yeah. seven months. I don't even know how to react. Like, I don't know if that's a proper scene that was written or not because we don't have any prior knowledge of this we've never it's never been brought up in television well it's interesting because um so carrie as she always does kind of like it's friendly with like the guy who was bringing her food and she sort of like <laughs> typical care um tries to like sway him <laughs> hey you know can you give me the, these pills i really need them and he brings her one one night and um so i feel like she, for a second she had hope like oh, okay maybe i'm gonna be able to like you know be uh, f- you know, sneaky throughout <laughs> this and get what I need. Obviously, you know, Yevgeny was like, no, we're moving him and you're getting sugar pills and, you know, don't get any hopes. You know, you're not getting any of this. So by the time we see her seven months later and Saul's, you know, managed to negotiate her release, she's like completely unrecognizable. Which is, it's sad. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I agree with you, Roger. I mean, it's it's hard to know for us, not being, you know, medical doctors, exactly what effect this would have on, on someone who has, suffers from her condition. But we do know, number one, I don't think they have to torture her. Solitary confinement is torture enough. And number yeah. two, solitary confinement without the medication. She's probably been in the state that we see her in at the end for a long, long yeah. time, maybe mm-hmm. months. Yeah. So she's almost, I don't want to say comatose, but she doesn't recognize Saul. No, she ran. So she's going to have to go through a... That's (laughs) She was like a feral cat. Like, even when, um, you know, they were like, the guy had to push her. And then I thought she was going to go and hug Saul. And she just, like, runs past him and trips. And She fell. Isn't she pregnant in real life? I I think she was when she (laughs) shot that scene. Uh, I got a little worried when she fell. Yeah, she shouldn't be falling down. Um, (laughs) But, but yeah. And then, obviously, I think what they were trying to do, at least I got a sense of, it felt very reminiscent of season one when, you know, they got Brody. And he had been a prisoner of war for many years he comes back in a different state and so i mean it definitely sets up for what we might see next season as far as you know with um carrie was really interesting um definitely thought it felt full circle i i mean again that's how the whole series started we get to see the other side of the story um i mean i i brought up 24 earlier i feel like this show wanted to make a case for the other side and that's always hard to do <laughs> because we don't know the other side. Mm-hmm. We could read all about it. We could even visit. But unless you're there on the ground, it's hard to put a, a face to it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, before we uh, move on, just want to um, quick shout out again. I want to remind you guys that all of After Buzz's shows are available on iTunes for download. They are free, and there are so many um, shows that After Buzz covers all your favorite dramas, reality series, comedies, um, Homeland. Um, so just make sure that uh, check um, check out all of our shows on iTunes, um, free and yeah. And they're always free. You're always welcome to leave. You're always welcome to leave us a comment, and we would always get back to you guys. Yeah, there's after buzz shows on um, shows like uh, Twenty Four, the new Twenty Four, Designated Survivor, which you know you were on the season, um, and anything you can find. I wanted to ask you just about some of your work because um, you've been on a couple of different. You're also on Splitting Up Together, which I catched the first few episodes, and that's a fun comedy. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so you've been busy. Yes, yes, I've been pretty busy doing a lot. Of <laughs> <laughs> Balancing between like political dramas and like funny right, well, you family know, I, comedies. I, I used to do uh, quite a few comedies uh, back in the '90s when I came out here from New York, mm-hmm. um, and I did comedies for quite a long time. And then around 2000, around the time of 24, I started to. What's that? Oh, yeah, is that better? Um, I just started doing a, a lot more uh, uh, dramas, mm-hmm. and, and then um, so in recent years I haven't done as many comedies. I like to do them, you know, uh, when they're good and when they're funny. Yeah, <laughs> and you know when they're with good people, which I'm fortunate, you know, with this. Yeah, splitting up together. Yeah, you have Jenna Fisher, yes. and, um, and I love her from The Office. I think she's fantastic, and uh, it, it, it's a cute concept. And I feel like probably something a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, when you split up and you know trying to figure out co-parenting, and they're in an interesting situation because they have to, um, you know, still share a residence. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, so. Is it is it fun for you as far as like going back to doing comedy? It and- is fun. I'd done I'd done a show with Emily Kapnick who created the show uh, from a uh, a hit series in uh, I want to say Denmark. It's adapted uh, American version of that, and um, I'd done a show with her, and now I'm forgetting forgetting. Oh, Suburgatory. <laughs> okay, Suburgatory. <laughs> a few years ago, very good show, and um, and I had worked with Oliver who plays my son-in-law on the show, mm-hmm. because on a show called, um, I played David Spade's dad. Okay. Rules oh, of Engagement. Been, okay, okay. Rules of Engagement. <laughs> so, uh, so I knew some of the people involved, you know, so it was, uh, it was a very congenial, terrific group and a lot of funny people and, yeah, I hope, you know, we'll see. You know, ABC's <laughs> yeah. got it on the air, and now we'll see if they uh, if they want to continue with it. Always a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I enjoy it. I hope it sticks around. And a lot of people might still remember you from Unhappily Ever After. Um, oh. I remember that show, actually. Especially young men of a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> young men who are around, uh, you know, mid-30s, late 30s now. Yeah, like, oh, my God, you're the dad. <laughs> the bunny, and yeah, it was a bunny, talk, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a talking it, it was bunny. A bunny. Yeah, some it people thought bunny. it was a dog, but it was a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Later, that became a big thing, you know, with Mark Wahlberg with the talking mm-hmm. uh, with Ted. 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 Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask real quick. Whenever you approach these characters, I mean, again, you've portrayed a president and you've portrayed a senator. Do you approach these differently? Is there a certain mindset that you go under? I'm not sure if that's a typical question or if there's uh, an actual approach. Yeah, to I do approach them a little bit differently. Uh, uh, on the des- uh, designated survivor, which I'm doing now mm-hmm. and it's on the air now, um, when the uh, character was introduced uh, the first season, last season, uh, he was a retired president. He was a former president mm-hmm. who was brought to Washington 
to basically mentor the new president who's been <laughs> thrust into the job with yeah. no experience. Mm-hmm. He's bringing him aboard as the Secretary of State, right? Well, first, first is just to his advisor. Just as an advisor. Yeah. And then, yes, he offers him the job and he becomes the Secretary yeah. of State. I, or I, I should say I became the Secretary of State. And, um, yeah, I approached it a little bit differently simply because, uh, say that I would have been 24 or uh, other shows where I've played politicians because he was a retired um, conservative from Texas. There you go. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I sort of, and I had done a television movie uh, about Ronald Reagan where I had played Howard Baker, wow. who was also uh, from Texas, just uh, just a year or so ago. Uh, I, I try not to. Follow. I'm from Texas, and I try to ignore Texas politics. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember. You know, Howard Baker, he was a, uh, Reagan's uh, Secretary of Treasury. Okay. And then he was a Chief of Staff, and then he became Secretary of State. Okay. Um, so you've been acting for such a long time. I think that's like, um, really amazing because, you know, y- you've created a career as an actor doing something you love. Do you still get excited, you know, when you get an offered a role that's, you know, different or on a show that you're a fan of? Like, how does that process for you? It, yeah, I, I would say so. Yes, I do get excited when I when I uh, can get involved with a, a new show that's something that I really have an interest in. Um you know, I, and odd enough, the, the ones I'm doing now are, are all, you know, I have a great interest in, and I think they, they all three of them have terrific potential. I mean, potential. I mean, the two of them are new. Yeah. But uh, Homeland is obviously a hit show. It's mm-hmm. been going for many years. So, uh, you know, I'd be happy, you know, to continue to be involved in it, however much longer it goes. The other two, I mean, uh, Designated Survivor just completed the second year and splitting up together. It's in the middle of its first year, so... We'll see what happens yeah. to them. I, I would love to see them continue. I would definitely amazing. like to see your character back next season. Yeah, that's um, amazing. All right, yeah. so let's get into some predictions for next season next of season. Homeland. Um, <laughs> there's a the sound. <laughs> we have little alien music. Okay, so it's going to be season eight, and so Carrie, uh, um, Claire Danes has said that season eight is going to be the last season of Homeland. That's right. However, Showtime hasn't said that yet, and uh, Mandy Patinkin was on Colbert this week, and or this um, few days ago, and said that they haven't told him them yet. So it's not 100% confirmed. Are you holding hope for more seasons? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, I do feel like, you know, if it came to an end, it, this feels like... It's a good time, like the show's sort of like, you know, really like running to the finish line. And I feel like when shows sort of have an end goal, they just put it all out there. And sometimes it's exciting as opposed to like just trying to stay on forever. I agree. I feel like this is a good a good ending point. I feel like they've covered a lot throughout or mm-hmm. again, they, they do a good job of trying to cover current politics and I think we've reached our peak. Um, how, I was also going to say, I could see the show going off, you know, even doing like something with just Saul too or become, you know, there's like a world there that <laughs> there could be a Homeland you want you spin-off? Know, spin-off series. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm excited um, to see what's going to happen next season. I definitely feel like we're going to see, um, you know, uh, what happened with Carrie and, you know, that her mental state and if there are going to be anything reminiscent of what happened with Brody in the first season of not that she would flip against her country, but maybe like there's <laughs> some, you know, something to be explored there for sure. We'll get to check out, you know, a new president and see how that goes. There's a lot and, to cover. Yeah. I, I think predictions will there's be hard her to daughter. Yes. Her daughter is no uh, longer mean, her daughter anymore. I mean, she doesn't have physical <laughs> custody, but I'm sure we're going to see Franny. And uh, also, I would love to see just some callbacks from earlier seasons. Like, what happened to Dana? You know, I'm sure she's, like, in her 20s now. And, you know, just, like, seeing old characters come back for the last season would be fun as well. I'm okay without Dana. 
But yeah, so um, thank you guys so much for tuning into this After Buzz show for the season finale of Homeland. Thank you so thank much, you so Jack, much. for oh, being pleasure. here. And make sure to catch him on Designated Survivor, which airs Wednesdays, and on Splitting Up Together, which airs Tuesdays. And Roger, where can the good people it's find you? It's a great show. And again, thank you so much for being <laughs> with us today. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Corral. Alrighty, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LeslieTheFace. Thank you guys so much for watching and have a great day. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.